Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. You're listening uh, courtesy of the Barnburner Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, big thank you to everyone following us on Periscope right now on the the underscore Barnburner Twitter handle. Uh, with me today, I'm Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. With me today, I have one of our writers over at the barn, Josh Pyers. You can find him on Twitter at JoshPyers7. And we're going to talk some college hoops today, some Memphis versus UConn. Uh, Josh is, well, went to UConn, so got plenty of experience up there. And he's going to give us a rundown on the team, what to expect. Uh, kind of as both teams seem to be in a similar circumstance right now as far as record goes. Uh, but how are you doing today, Josh? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am good, man. So tell me, this UConn, it looks like you guys have had a little bit of a rough sp- stretch recently. Yeah, there's been a lot of close games that they kind of just can't pull out towards the end. Uh, Wichita State was probably the best example at XL uh, pretty recently. They brought to double overtime and just couldn't pu- uh, pull it out towards the end. There's been a lot of just small things going not UConn's away lately. Um, they did pull out against Temple and had a pretty solid win uh, very recently, but it's just been tons of like little mistakes that eventually lead to these really disheartening losses um, against teams that I feel like they should either win or be much more competitive against. Yeah, I think Memphis fans can definitely uh, relate to you on that. You've also had some bad luck uh, with some injuries and uh, some other players just step stepping away from the team for personal reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, Altery Gilbert, the starting point guard, and he's been there for four years, but he's been injured for almost his entire career. Um, he played, I believe, three games his freshman year and had to redshirt the rest of the year because of shoulder injuries um, and had various other shoulder and, I believe, knee injuries. I, I know some other injury uh, past few years. And then recently he was dealing with some uh, personal and family stuff. So he actually was playing through all the games where um, – a lot of people probably speculate he might have missed, but he continued through it, and he just has not been playing well. Um, and I hate to be, you know, the armchair psychologist, but he, with all the turnovers, and I believe he shot one for eight from the free throw line um, in a game recently. Oh. It seems like it might be, you know, he's not. Um, he should maybe take some time off, so yeah. he did not play his last game. Um, 
Dan Hurley came out recently and mentioned that he just thought it was best for him to take, you know, some time off. Um, so he's probably going to be questionable for the Memphis game. And I think that's probably best for him in terms of his long-term future and also for the team where, you know, they can kind of focus on that while he focuses on, you know, trying to improve um, anything that might be going on. Um, and on the injury front, uh, Sid Wilson, he missed the last game with a knee injury. I believe it was a bone bruise or a knee bruise of some sorts. Um, he's a really athletic wing. Uh, he originally committed to St. John's before moving over to UConn. Um, he's a really exciting player to watch. And even though he didn't play, he will, he was missing the last game um, as they are pretty thin right now as another injury happened fairly recently in Tyler Polly, who is originally their starting small forward. He's uh, like a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, really good shooter and pretty solid defender. Uh, Tours ACL in practice fairly recently. Uh, yeah. That's, so That's a tough way to go right there. Especially in practice, you know. Yeah. So, it, you know, when the report came out, it was in practice. People were like, how do you tear your ACL in practice? And I'm like, hey, it happens. Playing basketball, it could happen, I guess. Ball too hard. That's all you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, he's um he, he's a pretty good player. Um, He doesn't do too much besides shooting on the offensive end, but he does provide uh, pretty good floor spacing as UConn's a pretty atrocious three-point shooting team. Mm. Um, And he was a, like one lone bright spot in terms of shooting this year. Um, So we're missing him as well. And I know you mentioned injuries and people stepping away, but there's also a few people on the team who are redshirting due to uh, transfer rules. And there's a freshman, Richie Springs, who committed kind of late um, into the process. And he's redshirting his freshman year to kind of get more um, ready for his first year at uh, UConn. So it's pretty thin. They got a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff, you know, as you can tell, I know about like, um, a lot of stuff going on with them and you know you can speak for hours about everything wrong but you can speak a lot about everything good for them as well yeah and one of those things whether i guess depends your opinion on it is that uconn's going to be leaving the mighty american athletic conference after this year so what, what's your thoughts on that yeah so you know it's it was a great it time. is after this season yes right? it's, it's after okay. this season yeah so um they're moving away from the american athletic conference um the basketball team is, I believe football is becoming independent. Uh, basketball is going to the big East. So it's great for a throwback. I'm actually wearing a old Ray Allen Jersey. So oh. yeah, need to uh, remember that, but no, it's good to see that. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, the American actually does have some bright spots um, towards the top end. You know, you got the Houston's, you got Cincinnati, uh, Memphis has always been pretty solid. And I, I, I don't want to, you know, go through the list of all the teams. Cause I'm going to eventually, you know, miss one team but there's also some people at the bottom who aren't so great uh, mm-hmm. eastern carolina so i won't be missing them um but it's definitely nice to go back to the big east and kind of get some memories back um but i will miss playing some of the better teams houston um like i said houston memphis and cincinnati have always been pretty good games um ever since i've started watching uconn more when i you know went there for school so yeah, I think, I mean, UConn was probably one of those teams that the conference was founded around thinking, you know, this is a big hoop school. We got Memphis and some of these other schools. And then bringing in Wichita State recently, yes, yeah. you know, they're like probably trying to build a basketball conference, but that's, it didn't 100% work out, I guess. But, so best of luck to you guys in that. Uh, that's that's exciting. Sometimes being in the American with the bottom half kind of being weaker, mm-hmm. it's hard to earn back those if you take any bad losses, it's really hard to earn 
earn back and you just don't have as many quad one opportunities once you get to your conference play. And and then a lot of the conferences are adding those a uh, couple more games to their schedule for conference play. So that eliminates, you know, two more opportunities for out of conference for a lot of schools. So it, it places you at a disadvantage if the conference you're in isn't as strong. Yeah, certainly. And I, I know if we're getting really into the weeds of the conference, um, another good thing about moving to the Big East is because the American is so spread out, um, if you look yeah. at just like the actual locations where everything Geographically, is. Geographically, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like I have no idea why, you know, Connecticut is all the way up here. Memphis is all the way over there. And then you still got to go to like Wichita, Kansas, and Houston. So just on the players themselves, you know, having to travel that, that distance all the time. Yeah. It's definitely not easy on them. So I think it, it, it's probably best. And um, the American was a good idea, but. Uh, we appreciate you bringing a title to us, though. That was uh, very nice of you. You're welcome. Um, that was our welcome gift. I don't know what the parting gift is going to be. Uh, I think it'll just be easy wins for you later on okay. the season. Like, honestly. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So speaking of kind of getting into the game a little bit more, um, the teams on paper have. A uh, lot of similarities. It seems like it could end up being a slugfest. So Memphis right now is fifteen and five, four and three in conference. UConn is eleven and nine, two and five in conference. Uh, as you mentioned, they had that four game was a four game losing streak. Yep. Uh, three of those being in conference. So kind of a tough start there. But offensively, uh, both these teams score a little bit over seventy points, and they both have good defenses. So UConn's a top 50 defense, and both teams really protect the rim well. And you've got a guy averaging over three blocks a game on your group. Yeah, uh, Acock, Acock, or a Cook, a Cook. There's been different ways to pronounce his name. Depends but who the announcer is. Yeah, you know, it, it changes every time. And you, you can tell they're looking down and they're reading Acock. Uh, so they just make something <laughs> up on the fly. But point being, he is an incredible athlete and shot blocker. He is incredibly thin, which is another thing they mention every single broadcast. Um, mm. which kind of gets a little weird and annoying that you're well, you'll hear about Lester Quinones shorts. I'm yep. sure oh. that's the thing that they always talk about in the Memphis. Broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing that in high school. I think like in like the, like the hoop mixtapes, like people mentioned that in there. So can't wait to hear, you know, they'll show his shorts and they'll show, um, a cook's very thin legs every, you know, every 30 <laughs> seconds. But, um, he it came actually early. He committed middle of last year. Uh, redshirt half the season and you know he was actually a, I believe a top 40 recruit when he did that and his recruit ranking actually dropped down after that because of the fact he kind of left halfway through a season uh, mm-hmm. but since joining UConn he's been an incredible shot blocker he's at, I believe th- 3.1 but a little over three blocks per game um, and he also does not foul whatsoever it's oh. just over one foul per game as well um, wow. that's usually a, a big struggle with young uh, defensive-minded guys is they want to you know protect the pain or get steals, but they end up drawing fouls. With him, he does not really foul too much. Uh, I want to make sure that the numbers are actually accurate with a one. I believe it's like one point four to one point seven fouls per game. Um, so he just doesn't foul whatsoever. Um, but as good as he is at protecting the rim, he is still pretty thin. So against bigger competition, he does get pushed around pretty easily. Uh, but he's good at you know the coming over and protecting the paint uh, when someone drives by one of the guards and 
uh, being the secondary help at the rim. So he's definitely something to look out for um, in that Memphis game. Yeah, both of, let's see, Memphis is fourth in block rate and UConn is third in block rate. So both okay. teams really protect the rim. Um, as far as defense, UConn's got a top 50 defense. Memphis does as well. Uh, how is the you you mentioned the three point shooting for UConn? Memphis doesn't do that very well either. Oh, it's it's ugly. Um, so earlier, you know, with Tyler Pauly missing the rest of the season with a torn ACL, um, you miss his biggest skill is his three point shooting. Um, and even though Christian Vital, who has been there for four years now um, at the shooting guard spot, has shown times to be a good three point shooter. Um, he's down to, I believe, like 30% or so this year. So he's had a pretty fluky career in terms of hitting it from deep. Um, they also have a pretty good young um, freshman in James Booknight or Booknight, um, another guy who his name changes every time you know I try to see online. Um, he reminds me a lot of Zach Levine, which is already, you know, I'm going out there and uh, comparing, you know, an 18-year-old to – a near all-star. I know he missed it, but um, he's a really athletic guy. He has a pretty solid stroke, but he just does not really shoot a lot at all. Um, so I think if he takes more shots, he has a good enough stroke and good form and whatnot to actually hit his shots, but he just doesn't take it. Um, and outside of, you know, Vitale, who has shown in the past to be a good three-point shooter, and Boot Knight, who I believe could be a good three-point shooter, there just really isn't much outside to you know, make threes and be a real threat from deep. It looks like ball protection. Is that also an issue for UConn with the turnover rate nearly 20%? Memphis fans can relate to that. We have a – we're at 23%, so if you could just match us, that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> and I would not be surprised if it's like that. Um, so there's been plenty of issues, um, and as mentioned earlier with L. Tariq Gilbert missing – they actually looked a lot better last game in terms of ball movement and ball security, um, where they tried to play in the more you know, modern offense of keeping the ball moving around and trying to find their shooter. Um, and even though there really isn't any shooters, find the open man. But now um, with Altariq there, it kind of slows down. It goes into ISO ball, and there's more opportunities for turnovers, as well as the starting center in uh, Josh Carlton is an absolute turnover machine. Um, he is just a really big guy. And when he gets the ball, he is not passing it. Um, so it's either going to the rim or it's going out of bounds through a pass. Uh, so that's one thing that's a little secret for you. Uh, give a little, Josh, a little tidbit. Oh yeah. Give Josh Carlton the ball and you're fine. Cause he's not playing too well recently. He, he actually, I think shot 50% the last game, but he didn't score for the previous two games before that. So Oh. Yeah, just you know, give him space, let him take the ball down low, and then just immediately just play someone defense, and it's either going to be a turnover or a brick. So that's a so he's the guy that's going to have a breakout game. Got it. Okay, that's I, that's what happens. Hey, team Josh, team Josh. So, <laughs> so what's the biggest driver on offense for this UConn team? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like it's an untapped market for them is um, transition. They've always been like a really good transition team, but they just don't seem inclined to really play in transition. Mm. Um, they have good athletes. Christian Vitale is averaging over two steals per game. Uh, and he's always been a really good, you know, pest out there uh, mucking up the other team's offense by, you know, just getting into passing lanes and whatnot. 
Uh, so he is definitely a way for them to create offense. I just don't know why they kind of shy away from it at times. As you know, you have him to kind of lead the break. Uh, Boone Knight is an incredible athlete, and as well as Acock. Acock is also an incredible athlete. So I don't know why they just kind of don't, you know, use that. Um, when it comes to like half court offense, it's kind of sloppy at times. Um, as I mentioned, with when Alteric Gilbert was playing, it was a lot of ISO ball, him trying to create shots. And he's just not that great at it right now. Um, I don't know if it's the tons of shoulder surgeries he's had to prevent him from becoming a really good playmaker, or just the fact that there's just not a lot of offensive talent there. It seems like they they would have it, but just not really actualized at all. So knowing all that, what would you say are the keys to the game for UConn to beat Memphis and Memphis to beat UConn? Like what what can Memphis do? to exploit UConn, vice versa. Yeah, so from UConn's side to win the game, I think just keep up the good defense. Um, they are, like we mentioned, both are really good defensive teams, but UConn just needs to keep up with the defense, uh, make um, a Cook, a Kirk, or Acock, Acock, however you want to pronounce it, make him the, the strong point of your defense in terms of protecting the paint. Um, with Wiseman you know, not playing anymore, there isn't that massive guy down there who can really dominate. Um, I know Precious Achua is having a really good season, but he's not the, you know, overwhelming center-sized guy. Um, so I think a cook, a cook, even though he is like 190 pounds probably at 6'9", 6'10", mm-hmm. he probably has a better chance than if it was, you know, Wiseman down there being, you know, 240 plus, who's able to push him around. Um, so I think for U- UConn, you know, really control it from the defensive end first. And then offensively is they need to keep the same kind of ball movement they had in the t- um, most recent game against Temple. Uh, Temple, they were able to just play free-flowing. A bunch of guys had um, shot opportunities. It didn't seem like previously where you focused on Alteric, you know, starting the offense, and then he would have the shot. If he didn't have the shot, it'd trickle down to Christian Vitale or it would trickle down to Josh Carlton. They really played um, smart and played out of the high post as well. Um, and when they do that, I feel like that's a way for them for their offense to actually play and be really successful. Um, and for Memphis, like I said, just let Josh Carlton have the ball, seriously. It's, it's, it's disheartening. He won the conference most improved player last year, or he was like the co-winner of it. And he looked really confident, really good out there. Uh, he He's a big guy now, so he's able to you know use his strength, but it just seems far too often he just does not play with his size. Like He tries to get too cute with it. He tries to do too many moves down there, when if he just like kind of goes up and reduces his size, he'd dominate. But uh, I think just letting him do what he does and you know let them shoot threes, because they're not going to make their threes really. Um, and they play with energy. They feast off of energies, and use that scene more when they're at home, either XL or Gamble. But you know, since they're on the road, I think you know control the energy, and they're just going to get out of it. It's a pretty common issue with them. Yeah the the home environment in Memphis can be pretty good, especially Memphis fans are they're frustrated right now, mm-hmm. which is another reason to get worked up during the game. They'll still be at the game because. Yeah. You know, now Memphis is in a different state than we were at the beginning of the year. You know, we're think we have all these super, super high ideas of ourselves, yeah. thoughts of where we're going to go in the tournament. Now we're scratching and clawing for every game. Can't put teams away. Um, but the Memphis fans, to their credit, every game that I've been to this year, they still have brought it, stuck with the guys. Um, they want it just as much as 
Penny Hardaway wants it. So they're they're going to be out there yelling for the guys. Um, so hopefully there is some form of home court advantage that that takes place. Even though you know did lose on the home floor to to Georgia and SMU, that's pretty tough. Yeah. But I don't think that is going to be a recurring thing. Hopefully, hmm. hopefully on our side. Yeah, and you know I know we have a game in XL uh, a couple of weeks from now, so. Mm. You know, let's let's play in the middle and let's just hope, you know, at least Excel will keep the energy there. So we'll have that for our side. And I want them to win in Memphis, but I'll, I'll hope that you have good energy in Memphis as well. So best of both worlds. And for those of you wondering, so just some uh, rankings in the net ranking, Memphis is 51, UConn is 87. That's the biggest spread that I was able to find. And Ken Palm, Memphis is at 59, UConn 71. And then the Bartovic rank, Memphis is 63rd, UConn 68. So much closer in there. They're pretty, seems like they're in the same area, uh, at least in most of those ranking services. Uh, the computers have them there. It would be, could, if, if UConn were to beat Memphis, it could end up being a quad one win. Memphis is right on the cusp of falling in that. Well, it actually feels a way game. Uh, so Memphis would most likely finish in that we all we hope yeah <laughs> uh, so that so it's a definitely a big game for UConn uh, a chance to make kind of get a statement win uh in in conference play since that one that hasn't started off super hot yeah yeah that and I also I feel like like I said there was a lot of games that were um it was very close towards the end that they kind of just lost so the big win against Temple where they won by I believe 16 points um, kind of shows that they're swinging in the right direction. So by losing by like two or three points every game and they see a 16-point swing, mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, confidence going their way. Maybe it's, you know, good mojo going their way. And from here on out, they're going to, you know, ride the wave and maybe beating Memphis is the the next step into it. So I think this is a pretty pivotal game. Um, if they win this, you know, they're on a two-game winning streak, which shouldn't be in a real accomplishment. But at this point, you can – take it i mean honestly it's been a pretty rough season um i mean we lost to saint joseph's i believe and that's the second game not saint joe's like the actual good program saint joseph's that uh deandre bembry went to like six years ago or something like that so like seeing that just kind of shows you know any sort of win is needed but i mean against memphis who is a good team um it would really boost you know the confidence and hopefully push them higher up the rankings uh, this season. What were the uh, preseason expectations for UConn? Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're doing a little bit worse than preseason expectations. There weren't a ton uh, because of the fact that they're in a transition kind of period. Uh, Hurley was hired last season and they went 16 and 17. Um, So that was like their first rebuilding year. And so right now they're working on trying to get Hurley's guys in there. Um, so before the season, there was a lot of speculation in terms of how well they would do. I think they were seen as like a fringe kind of March Madness type of team. Uh, no one really had them, it, like at least from you know the UConn fans' perspective, no one thought they were going to be like, oh, we're a lock in there um, because of the fact that there's a lot of guys on the team who are from like the old uh, coaching regime. So until, I guess, Hurley gets his guys in there, and even though I think a lot of the guys who are there from um, Kevin Ollie are good. Um, it's always best to get guys who you really want and who fit your mm-hmm. system. Um, and but then 
they are a very thin team. They lost a scholarship due to some really weird rule uh, that Kevin Ollie broke a few years ago. Um, and that caused them to lose a scholarship down to 12. And then from there, they do have a few guys redshirting due to either transfer uh, RJ Cole. Um, he's transferred from, I believe, Howard. Um, he's sitting out right now with a red shirt as well as Richie Springs, um, who is redshirting his freshman year. So because of those two factors, I don't think there was massive expectations, but I think they were expecting us to do better. Um, and a lot of those close games against, you know, like Wichita State um, and Tulane that we should have pulled out in those situations. Yeah, having a experience in those games, you know, pay, pays a lot of dividends uh, for sure. So you got any questions for me? Yeah, so, of course, you know, with Wiseman leaving, and he was like the big, you know, guy coming in, who is kind of the guy now, um, not only in terms of like your number one option, but also the center down low, who, who's going to stop, you know, the, the unstoppable force of Josh Carlton and his turnovers? <laughs> well, really, the guy who has stepped up the biggest is one you mentioned before, Precious Achua. He's... Uh, he's he's been averaging a double double. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that he still is. Uh, he he's been the most consistent player for the Tigers. Yeah, he's averaging fifteen and ten right now. Right. And right behind him is DJ Jeffries, a local product um, from just south in south of Memphis in Mississippi, right across the state line. Mm-hmm. He's really a guy that's a big key for the Tigers offense. He's the only other guy averaging in double figures for Memphis. And when, when he's playing well, Memphis has a chance to be a pretty good team when he's not playing well, then it, it's pretty tough. He, he's a six, seven wing, very versatile, has mm-hmm. long arms, can play multiple positions, played everywhere from the two to the four, uh, this season. So he's a very important person for Memphis. And then every, those two guys, and then really everyone else has kind of come and gone, had their moments. Lester Quinones is – he's been very consistent on defense, but his shooting has been very streaky this year. Uh, really, that that's pretty much everyone. We thought that we were going to have a very dominant three-point shooting team with guys like Boogie Ellis, who yeah. decommitted from Duke. Duke. Duke <laughs> I got Duke. you. Uh, Tyler Harris, you know, returning after setting a, a American Athletic Conference freshman three-point record. Uh, he, he's been kind of streaky coming off the bench. And then some of the other guys just haven't really materialized as we thought. Uh, our, our other big man, like physical big man, Malcolm Dandridge, he mm-hmm. missed a lot of the season with an injury. So he's played in a handful of games, and he hadn't really got his sea legs under him. He's a very imposing guy. He's he's six nine, two fifty, and he's every every bit of its muscle. So yeah. once he gets rolling, he's going to be a really valuable player for Memphis. It's just hadn't happened yet. He's had like one good game, um, but he's really not getting the kind of run. So we are Precious is playing a lot of center. He does. He's vocalized that he doesn't want to play center yeah. because he thinks that's going to impact his draft stock. Because yep. he won't be playing center in the NBA, most likely. Um, and so he and DJ have been playing a lot of minutes down low, protecting that rim. And they've done a good job, obviously, if with the field goal percentage that Memphis opponents have, the block rates, all that really are due to those guys. 
Yeah, and because um, I was looking at that, you know, like we said earlier, you know, Wisen's no longer there, and I was trying to figure out, okay, so who's playing center now? And I was going through their team, and there wasn't, you know, another guy there who looked like a traditional center in terms mm-hmm. of, like, their size. And after, like, looking up, it looked like Precious was the guy. Um, and I remember him coming out. He actually had UConn, I believe, in his, like, final four or something like that yeah. for his, um, his teams. And I was, you know, very optimistic. I was like, okay. He's from New York. New York and Connecticut were really close by, you know, all good stuff. But, you know, goes to Memphis. Win some, you lose some. Um, So in terms of size as well, if we want to tie that to UConn, um, as I mentioned, Josh Carlton's very large, but the center position besides that, uh, there's not really that much. Uh, So while Precious is playing center, it seems, for good parts of the game, it probably won't be – too hard for him to really dominate UConn down low because without Carlton, uh, the backup center is Isaiah Whaley, who's about like 6'8", 210. So he's, he plays pretty well physicality wise, but he is like the size of like an NBA small forward essentially. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy, a cook, a cook plays center at times as well, being like 6'9", 190. Um, so once again, he, he's pretty thin and precious is probably about 220, 230 or so. Yeah, he is very, I mean, I've seen him, in person and he is a very like he's a man yeah he's uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got man. it he's it he's 20 years old already mm-hmm. uh so he's like he's def he's already physically a lot more mature than these guys than most of them that we see he's nba ready as far yeah. as physically yeah and uh, i think that will really help him a lot because uh with a cook i mean he is a great athlete he can get up there to block shots but he struggles with physicality so uh when you have someone like Precious out there. I think he can kind of like reduce his impact, at least on a one-on-one um, perspective. Um, a cook will probably be their best uh, like help side shot blocker, uh, but I think he'll be able to kind of dominate a cook one-on-one. And then for Whaley, even though Whaley, he, he tries pretty hard and I like him a lot. He just is not really big enough. Um, he's 210, 220 is still kind of thin uh, for his size and being only like six, eight, maybe six, nine, um, and his wingspan is anything like incredible. I think that, you know, um, I think this might be Precious's like game to really show. Like he has some real skill and real talent to push him towards, you know, the top of the draft. A problem with Memphis is that uh, in some of these close games towards the end, Precious is the guy. Like you asked me and I said, without hesitation, Precious is the mm-hmm. guy. Well, Memphis has struggled to get him the ball even towards the end of the games and situations where you want your best player having the opportunity to make shots. And so the, against the SMU game, Memphis didn't score in the last six minutes. And I don't know if Precious shot the ball or maybe once or twice. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's a big – you just can't have that happen. you got to get get the ball to your best player. So if Memphis doesn't do that, they can totally defeat the purpose of him being out there. True, and, and maybe you know UConn, um, they're very good at you know playing the passing lanes. So maybe that's a way to kind of you know negate his strengths. Is Vital it always seems to be in the passing lanes, and he's so much fun to watch. Um, if I'm we're going back to NBA comparisons, you know Patrick Beverly for him because he just loves to go out there. He rebounds a ton. He's been their leading rebounder for like two or three seasons now uh being like a 6-2 guard hmm. is pretty incredible um and we're talking about you know uh, carlton is 
or so 260. Um, he, he's a fine rebounder, but still Vitel just goes in there and grabs boards. And he also grabs steals and just kind of really mucks up the game. So maybe that's a way for UConn to kind of um, reduce the best player on Memphis is just, you know, play the passing lanes more. And, and other guys like uh, James Boonight is also pretty good in that fashion um, as a really, really good athlete. I think if they kind of use both of them as like free safeties and just say, hey, no matter what, just make sure any pass to him is hard. Um, either help on the double or front him harder or just, you know, get in the lanes. I think that's a real way for UConn's defense to prevail. Yeah, sounds like we're going to have could, – could be a very mucked up game. Oh, God. <laughs> could Can't could wait. be ugly, some bad <laughs> shooting, uh, some good rim protection. Uh, who knows what will happen. I, I, I just don't think, um, you know, if you're going from the betting perspective, betting the over – might not be the best option. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been texting one of my friends about all the games, and every game I just say bet the under, bet the under, bet bet the under, and of course they hit the over the past two times. Um, the last one because they went to overtime, and because of overtime uh, it barely pushed them over. Um, and then this last game, their offense actually looked decent when they had more ball movement in it. Um, so they were able to. I think they scored seventy eight. So. You know, that helps in terms of the offense, but a lot of times it's just a very ugly, you pass the ball around the perimeter for 24 seconds and then someone has to take a 30-foot jump shot and it just does not work out. Um, and then defensively, they kind of make teams play in that same kind of type of offense. So, you know, be prepared for a really good defensive matchup. Yeah, Memphis's set offense has struggled mightily on occasion this season. So we... Uh... Maybe we'll have a game in the 50s or something. I don't know. <laughs> Came for a nice 49-47. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great on a Saturday it's like, was Vir- Virginia playing? Or was Virginia <laughs> on both sides of the ball? Oh, what's better than Virginia defense? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything else, Josh, before we get out of here? Um, Not much. You know, make sure to watch the game for certain. Um, hopefully, UConn can pull it out and just – um, wishing the best for Alterique um, at this time. So hopefully he can come back soon when he's you know feeling better, feeling um, ready to come back. Until then, hope he's doing well. Um, and in the meantime, let's just get Christian Vital to really stat pad right now. Uh, get tons of rebounds, tons of steals. I don't know if he'll make the NBA, but I want him to be pro somewhere. And I think if you know he finishes the season with like eight rebounds a game and three steals someone's gonna give him a pretty nice contract either in europe or some looks because he's i think he's like six and a half rebounds and a little over two steals so you know give him some more opportunity and hope for the best with him absolutely well we want to thank everyone for listening today again you can subscribe to the barn burner podcast network on apple Podcasts wherever you get your shows follow us on twitter at the underscore barn burner i am zach and Josh, I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, check out me. everyone can check out the barnburner.com for more podcasts and articles for myself, Josh, and a bunch of other writers. Uh, again, thanks for your time, and we'll see you later. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you.